Are you tired of conflict, drama, fighting, and people problems? Are you ready to learn the simple skills to improve all your relationships and make them thrive? Well, it's easier than you think. Relationship Radio brings you practical advice to be your best and improve your life. We break down the complicated problems and make them simple and easy. And when you know better, you can do better. Here are Master Life Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles. Welcome to Relationship Radio, where we make healthy relationships simple and easy so you can know better and do better. I'm Nicole Cunningham. And I'm Kim Giles. We're glad you're with us today. Yeah, I feel like it's been a long week, Kim. I feel like we haven't been on radio for weeks, but it's only been seven days. It, yeah, it has. Just, you just love this so much. I do. It's so much fun. We do. We love it. Now, today's show, we're talking about behavior that's self-righteous and judgment, and specifically, it's linked to the role of diversity on the planet and what it teaches us. Now, this show I put together in light of treatment that my family's experienced, Kim, lately. Maybe that's why I feel like I've had a long week. We've had a really tumultuous time recently, and I'm not going to go into the specifics of what happened because it's important that I protect my children's privacy because one day they're going to listen to this. Uh, But it's really brought up a lot of emotions and thoughts for us as a family, and I kind of wanted to share a little bit on today's show. Yeah, I know it's a it's fresh in the forefront of your mind right now because you guys are different being from Australia coming to America and we wouldn't think that that's such a big difference but there has been a lot of differences that have made it hard to gel with people. Yeah. And you know, my family, we experience a lot of this because I'm, I'm a divorced single mother and I have a black child. So we're a a biracial family and there, we face a lot of interesting issues about how my daughter's different color creates issues that people treat her differently. And, and it's, it's something I think we're both passionate about because we believe so strongly that everyone has the same worth and value, every single human soul, that it's interesting how we as humans let those differences create such wedges between us and other people. It is. And, you know, the word diversity wasn't really a big a big word in my vocabulary until I moved to the States two and a bit years ago. But the U.S. has a lot of diversity. I mean, we have colour, we have race, we have religion, we have uh, disability. That's one of the ones that's that's really been forefront of our minds here. Uh, Sexual orientation. And I, I think this is a big America story, but I think it's a global story. And that's why I wanted to really bring it up today because the word diversity is is such a powerful and important word for us as a society and particularly as parents. We need to be clear about what it is that we do. Yeah, d- diversity around the planet. What we're really talking about is how different we are from all these other souls. And there's so many levels that we we see ourselves as different from others and create these exclusive groups and and we get that us versus them mentality. Um, and Nicole, we've talked a lot about the fact that if you really watch the news and you look at all the problems going on on the planet, you can trace every single one of them back to this root problem that that we as humans see people in terms of better or worse, and we divide ourselves. And so we're constantly seeing some groups of people as literally having more value or being more important or better than other groups of people. That one problem is causing most of the 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 racism, the wars, the you know whatever it is on the planet, you can trace it back to that. 
It is. And I think that as we're starting to talk about this today and today's show, I'm sure we've got listeners who are going, well, you know what? I'm not a racist person. Diversity is not relevant to me. I love everybody. And I think that we all think that we think that we live like that. But ultimately, we, we get to choose in every single moment a position. And we either align ourselves with one person or, or the other. I mean, I love Vegemite and most of America hates Vegemite, right? You know, there's people who love Coke, there's people who love Pepsi. And we're talking about this alignment. And in every one of these moments where we get an opportunity to choose between two things, not just two people or two beliefs or two different opinions, we either choose this consciously or our subconscious chooses for us. And I think it's, it's worth sharing with our listeners that, you know, we get these subconscious programming and, and these alignments based on a lot of this stuff that happens to us as we're young children, mainly between zero and seven years. And so you might be working out of those default patterns, but ultimately maybe as an adult and, and as a listener of this show, you haven't actually thought it through and gone, well, this is actually my position. Does that make sense? It does. I think add on top of that, though, that in our subconscious programming it drives the way we react to people, and we don't consciously even know why. We all have subconscious biases, and they've actually got tests now that, that they can do. I've taken some online myself to see if I have subconscious a little bit of racism or sexism or any of that going on in my subconscious programming. And I have to tell you, those IAT tests, they show bias in everybody. Everybody, without knowing it, Somewhere along the line has picked up something where we we see young as better than old. We see lighter as better than darker. Um, wealthy versus poor. Yeah, obviously wealthy is better than poor. So that, that judgmentalness is hardwired into all of us. We can't help it. You talk a lot about what happens when any two people get put in a room together. They size each other up. And that's what the research shows us. They size them up to say, should I feel threatened by this person or am I the top dog? You know, and this is really, we're talking about human behavior and behavioral science on today's show. This is not about making anybody feel bad. This is about awareness. Because as much as we've had a bit of a, tumultuous two weeks as a family um, with all of this stuff that's been coming at us, it's created some really refreshing and I think really healthy conversations with my kids as we're piecing this stuff together to actually discuss and and have us be accountable. Do you have any bias? Because we don't like being the receiver of it. So we've had lots of conversations about judgment. We're going to talk about that today in the show. But also we've had an opportunity to really sit down and think about it. How are we consciously creating segregation? Because we want community. And the reason this is so fresh in our mind also, Kim, is we work with so many high-risk youth and, you know, it's this judgment that actually tears apart self-esteem. All of these kids so desperately want to belong. They're wanting to look left and right and fit in and be the same and that social media world. And when I I was was preparing for today's show, I jumped online and actually found two horrific apps that I can't even believe were created. And I have to question, I'm in judgment, listen to me, I have to question even why an app like this would be developed. But there's there's actually an app called Burn Book. Now, this app promotes starting false and accusing rumors through audio messages and texts. So it's an app that helps people bully other people? Yeah. That's the most horrible thing I've ever heard. And this one's even worse. The second one I found that was most horrific is called Wishbone. Now, this app compares kids against one another and gives them a rating on a scale. And here we are wondering why there is all of this exclusion in schools, why there is all these clicks, why these kids are committing suicide, why they're cyberbullying. So 
I want to take the lid off this, Kim, today and actually say, what is judgment about? Why do we do it? And how do we teach all of our listeners to start having some healthy dialogue around this with our kids? Okay. So the first thing we want listeners to understand as human behavior experts, we get that every moment of every day, every person on the planet is battling some fear that they might not be good enough. It That core fear, there's not a person on the planet that doesn't have some of that going on. And that's a painful fear. It's scary, this idea that I might not be good enough. So one of the ways our subconscious mind tries to compensate and make us feel better is it literally looks for the bad in other people. And we notice it. We notice all kinds of things. We notice rudeness. We notice um, when someone's overweight, when someone's dirty, you know, a homeless person. We know we notice all these things that that create that judgment. But I want everybody to understand the reason you subconsciously do it is because you're afraid. You're afraid you're not enough. And so you you have to kind of look for the bad in others. It drives us to gossip and judge because if I can cast them as the bad one, then that sort of subconsciously makes us think we're the good one. And and this is playing out every minute of every day in all of us. So this is about a projection around our own self-esteem issues. Really, this is what it comes down to, is that if you're not feeling okay and safe in the world and enough yourself, your subconscious will go out there and declare the other person as a villain because it's almost like this immediate uh, relief, just, just momentarily, for you to be, oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. And this is what we see with these kids, you know, these high-risk teens that we work with. And we, if we walked into any middle school anywhere on the planet, we would see this happening. A group of catty girls who are making another group of girls feel less than because it just temporarily gives relief to a self-esteem issue. So how do we actually go about instilling self-confidence for ourselves and our kids? Okay. So the, we teach lots of techniques on our show about how to get out of that fear of not being good enough. Um so so that one's really obvious. We we need to start teaching our kids how to view human value accurately. And if you haven't heard some of our other shows about that specifically, we encourage you to because and and we may get into this a little, a little bit more. But the other thing, Nicole, that we all have to recognize is that we have biases relative to our comfort zone. So if I grew up in a certain community with a certain type of people around me, that's what I'm comfortable with. And anything outside of that that's different makes me worried about that better and worse thing because this these people are different so are they better than me or am I better than them and and we feel a lot safer if we see everybody who's different from us as the bad or the less then it makes us feel safer that we're okay so whatever kind of family you came from you believe that your type of family is better than other types of family whatever values you were taught growing up you will subconsciously think they're the right ones and other people's are the wrong ones. And and this kind of subconscious bias is a little bit harder to fix. And, and it's also, it's rough on people to have to become aware that they have this and really look at it. So one of the ways that I've done this consciously with my kids recently is we like to play the board game life. And my kids always love to get married and have as many kids as they can in that game. And I always marry a woman in that game. And I marry a woman nine times out of 10 that we play it because I'm consciously trying to show them that families can look different. And then I'll consciously just be single 
right, if I can, and I won't go to college, or I'll be a single mum with a child, all of those kind of things. And it creates this healthy discussion. And recently, we've had an opportunity to go to our, or my children, to their first ever gay wedding. And it created this really great dialogue as we're going there saying, now, you know what, you're going to see two men kiss. And it's just like mummy has in the game. And I've been to plenty. And I mean, you know, I've worked with LGBTQ for most of my career. We love working with those people. We've got many friends of that orientation. But this is my kids' first experience. And so this is this is really what we have to do. We've got to create opportunities to put our children in that safe environment within the home to ask those questions to normalize this stuff. So I have to tell you, Nicole, when my daughter was in second grade, we moved from Utah to Oregon. And she started at this brand new school. And I was so excited for her to get out of school and come and tell me about her teacher. And did she make friends? You know, all of that. As soon as she came in the door and I said, you know, how, how'd you like the teacher? She got this horrified look on her face and she said, mom, there's a problem. That teacher drinks coffee. And she looked at me like, I can't have a a, a person who would drink coffee teaching me. I mean, that, and I suddenly realized in, in the religion I was raised in, we're, we don't drink coffee. And my daughter has somehow picked up the idea that it's bad. And that the people person who do that is bad. is bad, right? And I thought, oh my gosh, we moved away from Utah just in time. We have got to expose our kids to people who are different from us. It's exposure that actually teaches them and lets them see that different isn't better or worse. It's just different, but we all have the same value. And there's no other way to teach them that but to give them those experiences like you did and expose them. One of the other things that we often recommend for our for our clients who are a little bit age, older than my age, so normally you know 15 and onwards, is take them down once a month to your homeless kitchen, your soup kitchen, right? Or go out to Walmart and go and buy a, a care package for women that has sanitary pads in it and some deodorant and some wet wipes and things like that. And go out on a Sunday or when it fits in with your family and actually go and deliver these care packages and facilitate dialogue with people that you ordinarily wouldn't see. Because you know what, this is actually our role as parents is to create this kind of interaction that they wouldn't ordinarily see. And Nicole, you and I do this just with each other, actually. We were at a conference we were speaking at a couple weeks ago and it was time for the lunch and we walked into this giant conference room filled with tables and we had to choose where we were going to sit. And and you and I noticed this transgender woman at a table all by herself. And I immediately got this discomfort a little bit. I haven't spent a lot of time and really gotten to know a lot of transgender people. And I knew as soon as that discomfort hit that there's a there's a subconscious bias here that's bringing up fear, that discomfort to talk to somebody different that shows up, that's your fear. And as soon as you recognize that, you know that's exactly what you need to do, right? Because we need to stretch those limits of our love and comfort. So we went over and and sat by this woman, and we had the greatest time. We learned so much. It was a highlight of the month for me to get to do that. Yeah, so this is the thing. We've actually got to do this. And, you know, I had a conversation with my little uh, seven-year-old, and I was explaining to her that African-American people don't have hair like ours and that they can't necessarily style it like ours. 
that they wear wigs. And so we actually spent some time on YouTube watching these beautiful black women put wigs on and how much work it is and, and but how amazing it is. And again, it was just another level of exposure because, you know, Utah's very white and we don't see a lot of this stuff. And also, you know, our exposure in a small little country town in Australia wasn't to a lot of African-American hair. And so the question was, what's a weave, mum? I was like, well, let's get on and let's find out. So the point <laughs> I'm is- so proud of you guys because we've run into a lot, so many people that are baffled by Abby's hair, but nobody takes the time to learn about it. Well, the, the point is they're not going to learn it unless I facilitate it. So, And more importantly, I have to f- stop my own subconscious bias. I hope you're listening to this today and getting inspired. I hope you're listening to this going, yeah, you know what? I do need to widen our circle. I need to start dabbling into diversity because it's a beautiful thing. And I just want to go through a few little points about what I think diversity teaches us. I think it teaches us to live and let live, to actually allow people to be who and what they are and that that's a healthy and a great part of society. It's part of why the planet was built with different colors and different places. It's actually meant to be here because it's meant to teach us something. Get off your high horse. There's no such thing as right and wrong. Celebrate differences and really teach your value, your kids this value that there doesn't have to be right or wrong. It just can be different. Don't compare yourself to others. A lot of us do this. It's, it's a low self-esteem thing. But but in, in doing that and comparing yourself to others, you're also declaring that other people are wrong. So be careful with that. And the final one is be open and allowing to every person to have their own experience because everyone is entitled to their own experience in this life, to what they believe is right, to what, what it is that they feel. We can't take that away from people. But we do have to respect their right to be there. We don't have to agree with it, but we have to respect their right to be there. Oh, Nicole, that is such great content. I I absolutely agree. Um, I want to encourage everybody before we go to break that if you haven't been to our 12shapes.com website, you got to go visit us and, and check out all of the amazing free resources we have at our website. Make sure you've taken the 12 Shapes survey and then, and then look into joining Nicole and I in our inner circle. We would love to be able to connect with you personally and and help you work on the specific issues going on in your life. So if you haven't checked that out, visit us right away today after the show at 12shapes.com. Yeah, this is an opportunity, this inner circle, where you actually get your hand held by Kim and I every single week to work through this stuff in your life. So uh, the community is growing. It's so much fun to share with everybody every week. And, and we're seeing incredible transformation in that group. It's incredible uh, what what these people are doing because of the 12 Shapes material. So. Well, getting help with it every single week. Wow. Yeah. And that's life-changing. It is. It is. All right. We have to take a, a, a quick break, but stay with us here on Relationship Radio. You're with Nicole and Kim. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you a fan of Relationship Radio? Are you ready to take your relationships to the next level? Perhaps you are still struggling with relationships in your life or struggling with your self-confidence or some negative thinking. We can assist you. Our Shape Up Coaching Program is available to our listeners all over the world. We offer private one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and family group sessions where we teach you about your shapes and how to really strengthen, build, and nurture each of your relationships. Discover how to resolve conflict, how to overcome fear of confrontation, and really work on your self-esteem like never before. 
For information about your coaching options, or if you're interested in becoming a certified coach to work with Kim and Nicole, send us an email, info at 12shapes.com. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at 12shapes.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back. You're with Nicole and Kim here. And we're talking all things judgment and diversity today. Now, before we get into more of the content for today's show, I just want to take a moment and mention our sponsors, ZayaActive.com. Now, you've probably heard me talk about these guys before. They're a fitness uh, women's fitness clothing company here in uh, in Utah. And I absolutely love what they are doing. They're making women feel sexy and beautiful. They've got the most beautiful designs, but specifically their, their sports bras are, n- are like nothing I've ever seen. So if you are somebody who loves to hit the gym and be active, I do encourage you to go and check out ZayaActive.com. They've got some beautiful stuff that we love. Awesome, Nicole. Okay, so before the break, we were talking about how these differences in people create all this conflict and it it happens because we need to feel like whatever we are is the better and that anybody who's different from us is not as good because that quiets that fear of not being good enough. But I thought it might be fun to really talk about all the different ways we like to divide ourselves into us and them. And when you were mentioning kind of some of the ones here in Utah, there's a there's a, a huge political divide in our country. You, I mean, your political party difference. You are right; they are wrong. What a, a oh, particularly with charged. Oh, it's like, such a supercharged one. It is. It is. I, I I've learned very quickly to don't to not have any political affiliation because it is such a passionate thing here in Utah. Yeah, and it, whichever one you choose, you're gonna have half the people who now think you're bad. Yeah, right. So you're losing friends either way, oh. really. Yeah. I, I just keep saying I'm not American, so I don't get to choose, you know, but it's not going to last forever. <laughs> so you've also, you've moved into a very religious community and you're not a member of that faith. And that's just proved pretty challenging, hasn't it? It has. It has, particularly as a person who drinks coffee and a lot of coffee and loves my coffee. Um, because part of this, you know, religious group is that you don't drink coffee for lots of different reasons. And so that's been very interesting. Not only is it difficult to find a good coffee shop, but but ultimately there's a lot of stigma and judgment around that. And if even if people see you carrying coffee cups, you know, you get a bit of a look. Yeah, and there's really a divide in our community between the members and the non-members. If you're a non-member, boy, it's... Yeah. It's some interesting it is and and division. even what you wear here in Utah is a big thing so because a lot of these people who are who are members they don't show shoulders you know and things like that and so that that really threw me the first summer that we're here I was just thinking goodness me I need to cover up because I'm looking very different to everybody else or do I just choose to stay myself I remember having that little question in my <laughs> mind 
<laughs> okay, so that's a really charged one around here too. Um, the other one that's interesting in our community is there's two main colleges that each have a football team. And in my community, whether you cheer for the red or the blue is another huge division. And, and people get literally pretty hateful mm-hmm. towards the people who cheer for the other team. What a ridiculous division. But we do it. Yeah. There's, there's also, you know, political and there's religious and there's cultural and racial and there's sexual orientation. That's, that's, that's another, another big one here in our community because mm. we, we have a very big LGBT community. It's actually the biggest in America. In America. In Salt Lake City. In a place where there's this dominant religion that, that kind of opposes to some degree, you know, yeah. um, different sexual orientation. So that that's a charged one in yeah. our community. Yeah, and I also even get asked if I have friends who are of the religion and friends who are not. And it's something I very consciously tried not to participate in, to have two groups of friends. I actually want to blend everybody because that's exactly what you and I stand for, is everyone has the same value. People seem very surprised that people who are in and people who are out actually socialize together. Well, one of the problems, and we actually had a reader write in recently to ask a question about this, that that the the fact that some of the people drink alcohol and some don't is actually the big divider. That it's really hard to have social occasions with those two groups because the ones that don't drink alcohol are really uncomfortable. A lot of that fear and discomfort comes up around drinking. So it it's... It's another interesting one that brings about a lot of better and worse in a lot of people. Now, when that that feeling comes up, and, you know, we've talked about it already in the first part of the show, there is a part that's fear-driven, and then there's also this little part that's almost superior or self-righteous, that ultimately, because of that projection that your belief around this, let's just talk about the alcohol one for a reason, for, for you know, example's sake, it's it's almost got a, a, a tone, and I'm not saying a religious undertone, but a tone of, well, that's bad. And so there's a superiority that comes along with that judgment. There is. And, and it's interesting because if that's your values that you've chosen for yourself not to drink alcohol, you don't believe it's a good thing. That's awesome. But you're right. The place where I see people who do drink as bad and I'm the good one, as soon as our brain goes there on any level, it's judgment, it's judgment and it's, it's superiority, it's arrogance. And, and guys, there's not love in that. That is not love. I think there's a tie between ignorance and arrogance. Now, ignorance being that I don't understand it, but I judge it. And arrogance being I do understand it and I judge it. Both of them come from fear. Right. So this is an interesting thing. Do I have bias because I truly understand or do I have bias because I'm ignorant? Now, this was a big one for me moving into America because I, I did not understand the gun culture here in, in, in Utah. In Australia, guns have been banned forever and we're told that get, guns are bad and Australia is better than the uh, United States and look at our statistics compared to the states and all the rest of it. And you, I mean, you and I talked a lot about this when I first got here. There's shooting ranges everywhere. Uh, I get into a car and some, you know, I go into a coffee shop. People are carrying weapons. It, it really made me feel uncomfortable and I had to really own my bias. Now, my bias was actually ignorance. I didn't understand it. So where, what I didn't understand, I had greater fear on. So here's an interesting one. My African-American teenage daughter, when we go shopping, if I don't keep her right by me, Nicole, if she wanders off by herself and starts looking around the store, every single time an employee will start following her. And I noticed they don't follow white teens at the level that they follow my daughter. 
And and so I'm, I've been asking myself as I'm listening to you if that's ignorance or arrogance. And and my daughter definitely takes it as a, as arrogance. Because people should, should know Because they should know better. And yeah. I've tried to tell her, you know, there's so few African-American people in Utah. These people haven't had a lot of exposure. And just because you're different, it brings up fear to them. And I think it's ignorance. Now, every time I've said that, she said, Mom, you're probably right, but ignorance isn't innocence. Mm. And I, I had to really that. think about that because I think at some level I wanted to excuse it and say they can't help it. They don't know better. They're just not used to people who are different. But she's right. It is our responsibility to recognize our own subconscious bias towards people who are different and work on it. And, and if you won't do kids. that, well, yeah, because they're going to become what you are. They're going to learn from you. But if you don't own that you are responsible to figure out what biases you have. Are you are you uncomfortable around transracial, around gay or lesbian people, around different races? R- recognize it when it happens and take it on. Know that that's something that's your responsibility to fix. And, and you can fix it through more exposure. I love that. I love that. So let's talk about, you talk about this responsibility that we have. I want to talk about the greatest single greatest thing that we can do to change the world is actually to love other people and to celebrate these differences. And really, this is the way the magic of the 12-shape relationship system has come about because it teaches us this exact thing. By learning about your shape and discovering what makes you unique and then understanding the behavioral science that goes along with it, it's proven, uh, we can actually start seeing these differences with positivity instead of creating these lines in the sand. Now, the 12-shape relationship system helps us understand what people value the most. And I think these values are really the beginnings of these belief systems, which is actually what makes up who we are. And that's what we learned through the research that we did for eight years. So in the 12-shape relationship system, you're either a person who values people, tasks, things or ideas more than other people. And if you haven't taken the 12 shape survey yet, we do encourage you to get on there and also share it amongst your family and friends. You want to learn about what the other people in your life really care about. So at 12shapes.com, you can take the free test or we'll actually text you the link to 801-666-2932. Just text 12 shapes to that number. So Nicole, let's talk about values for a minute because the the shapes are, your, your shape is determined partly by what you value most. And this is another division that I don't think people are very aware of. For example, if you're someone that highly values ideas you and you're on that idea line, you have strongly held opinions and feel right about them. And so it's really easy to get in judgment and see every other type of person who believes or thinks differently as you is wrong. If you're on the things row, you really value appearance and you value having nice clothes and having you know, your, your look matters. And, and it's easy for those people to be in judgment of us. We're on the task row and we don't care about what we look like. We don't spend time on hair and makeup because it's just not a priority. We're busy doing things and, and they judge us as less than them. And we judge them as less than us because they're not getting busy getting things done. Those, those levels of value create all kinds of judgment. 
So let's give some examples of this because I think this is so critical to our interactions. And the magic of the 12 shape systems in all of these dynamics, we promote healthy functional relationships. And that's by celebrating diversity. That's the whole key premise of our program. So if you have an instance in your home where you have projection, it's easy to be offended. So my nine-year-old did this to me this week. She said, when are you getting your roots done, mum? Because you really need to go and get your roots done. Have you got a hair appointment? She's nine. And she's a star, so she cares about appearance. So in that moment, I had to make a very conscious choice to be offended or not to be offended. And we, we actually got the book out. And we went, you know what, this is this is you projecting your values onto me. And yes, I do have a hair appointment, but it's not for three weeks. So, you know, is it really that bad? You know, and I, I, I kind of feel a little self-conscious about it now. But I had to say, this is really important to you. But you know what, what is important to me is something else. And, and that's how I'm working with my businesses. And you see me, I work all the time and on my, on my laptop. And th- that's not different and bad it's just different and different okay so the values i think nicole more so than all of the other stuff we've mentioned the race divisions sexual orientation a difference in values i think causes more conflict than anything else and i think that's because when we look at what we value most it's it's so intimately held into who we are and our, our truth it's our truth and if it's our truth, we we do tend to think it is the truth, right? And and so it is so easy for us to be in judgment of anybody who has different values than we have. I think that's the place we see judgment the very worst. I don't know. What do you think? I agree completely because we can only ever be the product of every single one of our experiences in our life. And the 12-shape system teaches us, well, that's the lens in which you see the world. So I see the world as an arrow. My daughter sees the world as a star. That is their truth to them. So therefore, for us to have healthy dynamics within the home and within the community, we've got to be able to have dialogue that's healthy healthy that says, I see it your way, but my experience of it is different. And for us both to be okay to communicate on that level. Now, society doesn't tell us to do that. Society tells us to, well, that puts you in that camp and therefore there's a fence between us and I'm going to project that that's wrong and be in a position of judgment. The world at the moment, my opinion anyway, is with social media and, and with where things are heading, we're promoting disconnection instead of connection and community. Would you agree? Oh, wow. You are so right. And and really, everything on the media, I think, is contributing to that, promoting disconnection. That's, that's our main problem in this country. Now, if we're trying to be the love in the room, and we talk about that all the time on Relationship Ready, if you're consciously instilling that value into your home, into your children, are you actually living it? Are you having these opportune conversations? And how are you actually going in to facilitate this growth for your kids? Because if the, if we're you know agreeing, if you're, you're listening to this today and agreeing to what Kim and I are saying, which is, you know what, the world doesn't promote this. Well, what are you doing to to promote it in your home, to compensate within that? So, Nicole, one of the things that I, I, and you have to look hard to find shows for your kids to see that have minority people in the hero role as the good guys. And, And that sounds like such a small thing, but the majority of our media, if you really pay attention to it, minority races are usually the bad guys. And so I know with an African-American daughter, I've had to search out media for her to be exposed to that she gets to see black people in leading, strong, intelligent, good 
roles in those shows. And, and it's a small thing, but it's one of the many small things we can do with our kids so that we raise kids that are ex- uh, inclusive, not exclusive. I've really enjoyed on Netflix recently the Grace and Frankie show. I don't know if you've oh, been watching I love that. that. Yeah, I and, like that one. and so they, they cover all spectrum and they're kind of consciously trying to go out of the box. There's a lot of other, you know, family shows that have been popular the last few years who are really promoting LGBTQ. We're seeing a trend. We're seeing people trying to, you know, be that compensatory that we're talking about today. So there are things out there and, and we should be trying to introduce them into our home, if nothing else, to create some healthy discussion. Yeah, it's it's so good for kids to participate in the Pride Parade and, and get excited to celebrate that diversity of different types of people. I've always enjoyed taking my children to visit other religions. We visit the, the Buddhist temple, the Hindu temple. We've been to a, a bunch of other churches and cathedrals just because I want them to be exposed to the goodness in all of these different types of people that feel so different from us. And that follow the, the differences for the, from the same loving place that you follow your own. Yeah, and, it, and, and then the values one is the most important, Nicole. I, I go back to the drinking. A lot of the, the families in this community feel like teaching their children that drinking is bad is just the right thing to do. But, but this, this is their belief and value, and, and it feels like tr- absolute truth, right? And, and so it's really difficult for them to get out of their comfort zone, socialize with people who are drinking, and figure out how to teach my children not to do it while teaching them also that people that do it aren't bad people. That's, that's a tricky one for people to, to kind of navigate. How do I honor my own values and honor those of others? And I think it's about making the conscious choice to live in the real world instead of that bubble. And I've been challenged with that in my own life the last few weeks as well to say, you know what, am I actually keeping my kids in this really conservative bubble because it feels safer? What can I do consciously to to go outside my comfort zone to normalize what is the real world? Because we do like our bubble. We like like how it feels. It feels safer there, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the healthiest for us. Yeah. You also want to pay attention to the friends you choose. Do you always choose friends that are exactly like you? And if you do... That's a really great place to Mix it up. go places and meet different kinds of people and become friends with them. And it, it grows up each of us in such profound ways. It does. Now, I want to just talk about the parenting piece here. We've heard a lot of feedback in our inner circle community lately about we love listening to Relationship Radio. We love what it is that you guys promote, but we're stuck on the language. How is it that we start to have these conversations with our kids? And this has been one of the most valuable things that we've received feedback about with the weekly calls as being part of the inner circle community is we give you examples of the kind of language to facilitate these conversations. So this doesn't actually just stay as theory and possibility, but you can actually actually integrate this into your family home and into, you know, these new conversations. So if you are struggling and you're listening to this and saying, you know what, I need help with the language, that's the point I'm really stuck on. We do encourage you to, to join our Inner Circle community. It is so affordable for you to come in and have access to us every single week and all the details are at 12shapes.com and we'd love to welcome you into it. Uh, we're seeing families have the most incredible breakthroughs and break these family behavioral patterns, which is what Relationship Radio is all about. All right, we're going to take another break. Uh, Stay with us here on Relationship Radio. You're with Nicole and Kim. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. 
Are you a fan of Relationship Radio? Are you ready to take your relationships to the next level? Perhaps you are still struggling with relationships in your life or struggling with your self-confidence or some negative thinking. We can assist you. Our Shape Up Coaching Program is available to our listeners all over the world. We offer private one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and family group sessions where we teach you about your shapes and how to really strengthen, build, and nurture each of your relationships. Discover how to resolve conflict, how to overcome fear of confrontation, and really work on your self-esteem like never before. For information about your coaching options, or if you're interested in becoming a certified coach to work with Kim and Nicole, send us an email, info at 12shapes.com. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at 12shapes.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back. you with Relationship Radio. We're having a great time today talking about all things diversity and judgment and unconditional love. We're hoping that you're finding today's show really valuable already. Now, before we get into the real crux of judgment and how to overcome that, I want to spend a few moments just to talk about uh, another one of our amazing sponsors, Freeman Lovell Business and Real Estate Attorneys. They've been a fantastic supporter of what uh, Relationship Radio really represents, and they help women and men like us really get our ducks in a row when it comes to paperwork. So if you're a person who is in business, who's perhaps a little concerned about your liability, that's really why we reached out to them and started building our relationship with them is we just wanted to make sure that we're doing everything right on paper. And these guys are absolutely master, masters at it. So we do encourage you to go and visit them at freemanlovell.com. Get in touch with them. They look after you. They do great work. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. So Nicole, we're having so much fun with this topic. We're so passionate about it. Uh, about diversity and accepting people who are different from you. And I have to tell you, we do get a lot of people who are a little puzzled about the 12 shapes because they feel like that is exactly what we're doing. We're categorizing everybody. We're saying, I'm different than you. I'm an arrow and you're a circle. And 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 we do have to be very careful to make sure everybody understands the core principle of our program, that every shape, even though we're different, has the same exact value. And that's a core principle of our program, that differences are there. We are different from each other. And they're wonderful. And they're wonderful. And we're so glad that that there are 12 shapes in the world. How boring would it be if there was only one? Yeah. And so we, we always say whenever we go in and do a corporate presentation or we do a speech, uh, we always say this is not about putting a label on you or reducing you to anything. And the reason we chose shapes is that there is no person on the planet who can come and argue with us and say a triangle has more value than a circle. The shapes are all the same. There's a place for everybody. So... Uh, if you haven't taken the 12 shape uh, test yet, we encourage you to get onto our website, 12shapes.com. Work out what shape you are. 
And we better not hear you out there saying, my ship, well, my ship is better than your ship. Because if we hear any of that, you're in trouble. That is not the principle of our program. No matter what shape you are, you have the same value. And there's a place for everybody. I actually did a, a presentation last weekend at um, one of a, a really big youth event here in Utah. And the, the title of my presentation and my speech was actually, there's a place for everybody under God. And it, it was presenting the 12 shape material, but to these you know 12 to 18 year olds, this big auditorium, they actually realize there's a place for them, you know? It's, a, it's good stuff. It is. The 12 Shapes helps us embrace diversity. It doesn't just divide us. Okay, so Nicole, I also wanted to talk a little bit about how we handle when we are on, we are the one who's being judged as less. And that is going to happen to everybody. Every If you're alive, you're going to have somebody out there who thinks they're better than you for some reason. You're going to experience some judgment about either your behavior or how you live or who you are. There will be a hater, right, at some point. And I think anybody who has worked in a workplace or has gone to a school or any kind of educational you know, institution has experienced this. Whenever there are groups of people, there's people problems. And this people problems comes from this projection around one person believing they're more superior than the other. So I have to tell you something that happened to me uh, a couple years ago. I was at a huge conference and I'd sort of made a goal that I was every class or session I went into, I was going to sit by some very different person that I didn't know and get to know them. And so in this particular class, I arrived, the class had already started. So I had to just kind of quietly get a seat, but I saw one open next to a black man. And my daughter and I had recently been talking a lot about subconscious racial bias and, and being careful that when you walk into a room, you wouldn't sit by someone just like you, because that would be our, our bias. So I went and sat by this man and really one or two minutes later, he got up, gathered up all his stuff, and walked down the row about eight seats and sat down away from me. And I was mortified. I'm like, what did I do? I mean, I didn't introduce myself or say anything to him because the session had already started. And I, I think I said hi kind of when I sat down, but I did I do something wrong? Or does he feel like white a white woman wouldn't want to sit by a black man? Did he move because he was uncomfortable being around a white woman? What is going on? And I have to tell you, I can't remember a thing in that, that happened in that session the entire time. I was obsessed with why this black man would not sit by me and would move away that way. So by the time it was nearing the end, I had made up my mind, the second this is over, I'm going to grab him. And I'm going to just ask him if it would be all right if I asked him some questions. And and I'm going to address it because I want to understand this racial bias thing. So the second the speaker closed, I hightailed it over there and grabbed his jacket. And I said, hey, would it be okay if I asked you a question? And he said, uh, you want to know why I moved, don't you? Mm. And I said, yeah, actually, I really do. It's driving me crazy. But let me explain why. I have an African-American daughter. And I told him how we've been having all this conversation about racial racial bias. So it's really on my mind. And then here you, you move away and refuse to sit by me. I, I'm not coming from judgment or anything. I just want to learn. I want to understand, you know, what was going on with you. And he just started laughing at me. And he said, um, Actually, you didn't notice, but there was a really tall guy in front of me and I couldn't see anything. And he moved for a reason that was just totally. You had so much story about oh, that. Can you believe it? 
<laughs> so what an wow. interesting lesson. He laughed and I laughed and, and we shook hands and we actually ended up visiting for quite a while and kind of becoming friends. It was such a great lesson for me that we have a tendency to see, we project our fear of not being good enough onto people. That's exactly what it was. Right? So in my mind, he didn't like me or he saw me as less or bad or worse because that's what we project and we all do it. Yeah. Oh, I love that story. That's a great story. So what subconscious biases do you have in play and and do you use it as an excuse for unloving behavior? Because I think a lot of us do. We stand on these soapboxes and we totally feel justified to be in a position of judgment. But if you've been on that other side, it's painful. It's really yeah, so let's keep talking about being on the other side because it's happened to all of us where we've had somebody think we're less than them for some reason. Yeah, I really think that in when these things happen, you really have one of two choices to make. You either have to get make a decision to t- kind of take that high road, you know, and actually be okay with it. And you know what? It's painful anyway, but ultimately that's the way, that's the lens in which they see the world. So you recognize it's actually about their fear that they're not good enough, that they feel the need to judge. And when you can recognize that they have a fear problem, this isn't really about your value at all. It's about them compensating for their fear problem. You can kind of have more compassion. You can. And I think this is the part that we're not doing in our parenting, Kim. I think that we teach our kids to have that, uh, you know, we take the high road mentality. I think we do a good job of that. And we say, you know what? It's their problem. It's on them. You're okay. Your self-esteem it doesn't need to be impacted. We do all that dialogue, but I don't think we effectively explain why this experience has happened and, and the judgment that's come and where it comes from. So this is the critical piece is that we've got to explain that this is them me in fear. They're probably very unaware of what they have done. And so therefore we have to step into a place of not just taking the high road because I'm going to stay take the high road, which is then judgment. Yeah, because then you're saying I'm better than them yeah. because I'm on the high road. That's right. Oh, you have to watch that. Because yeah. I think that's what a lot of us have been teaching our kids. I want to make sure that it's in today's show that we've got to say, no, we're going to step into a place of compassion and love because we can see the place you're coming from. And more importantly, it's not a pity place. It's I do the same thing. We've got to normalize it. So that's part of the additional discussion at the end of the bed with these young kids who are being bullied. Maybe this is happening in your family is that you sit down and you say, okay, now this is an awful experience of what you've gone through, but let's talk about, do you do that to anyone else in the lunchroom? Could you own part of that? Not only is it a way of well-rounding and understanding that, you know, bullying's awful and I'm sorry and, you know, this is a crappy experience, but it also makes sure that they're not going to become the bully. Oh, and now this is so the thing that's happened in my family recently in the last two weeks is I've had to make sure that because of their pain, they haven't then gone out and created another stronger subconscious bias as a self-protective mechanism. And I've had to make sure that I haven't taken the high road of we're just going to love everybody because we're better than them. Okay, so Nicole, I remember the day someone asked me the question, make a list of the people you judge. This would be a good exercise for everybody on the call to do. And I thought about it and thought about it. And the top of my list, the people I judge the worst are people who are judgmental of other people. Because you feel totally justified. I feel totally justified because they're so bad that they're judging these minority group people that, that, that they're like this, that I'm better than them because I don't do that. And in the act of saying that, I'm doing it. I am being judgmental. I'm being exactly what I am bothered with 
in them. Now, that right there is actually the definition of self-righteous behavior. It's unbalanced as unhealthy. Now, the dictionary defines self-righteous behavior as any behavior that where one person is believing that they are totally correct or morally superior to others. That's exactly what we do. But we do it from a place of defense. This is the irony. We do do it. it. It's about our fear because we need to see them as less or, or worse in order to feel good. And guys, we know this doesn't happen consciously. This happens subconsciously. And that's the problem is that we're doing it and not aware of it. And and then, you know, if we even did have to really look at it, most of the time we can justify why we really are right. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we still win. Our ego wins. Yeah, Our ego this wins. Is, this is driven by ego, and ego is of the subconscious, not of the conscious majority of the time. Right. Now, if you're listening to this and you're going, yeah, okay, I'm totally doing this all wrong. <laughs> I've been doing it. You know what? Us too. That's why we're doing a show on it. If you want to feel good about yourself and you want to raise confident, loving, wise kids who can be mature and kind adults and who aren't going to create this cycle of behavior, we have to teach our kids, and we've got to know for ourselves that all human beings have exactly the same value. No matter the difference in their journeys, in their language, their behavior, their sexual orientation, their political viewpoints, we have to normalize the idea that we all have the same value. Hey, really quick, do you have time to talk about the shapes that struggle with this the most? Yeah, so most of these... We all do it, though. We all do it. We all do it. But if you are on the things line, so if you're a rectangle, you're a square, or you're a cross, you're going to struggle more with the idea. the ideas line. Sorry, did I say things? Yeah. Sorry, I meant ideas line. That if you are an ideas, because you your framework and the way that you value the world the most is through your ideas. You spend a lot of time researching and putting together your perspective and viewpoint. So these ones are the ones that really struggle the most. Now, again, we all do it. It, and we usually do it around whatever we value most. So if you're an octagon heart or circle, you're a people person, you will tend to judge people that aren't, that don't show up for others, that aren't as interested in listening and communicating and talking. And you you could very well be in judgment of people who are not like you that way. If you're on the the task line like us, people I have to productive. admit, non-productive people drive us crazy. They right? do. And, and we and have to judgment. really watch it. That's judgment. The things line, that's people who appreciate uh, a lot of appearance. They put a lot of time in that. Now, have you been in a position where you've judged women like that or have you felt judged by them? You know, the, the point is, is that you will all have judgment and bias. And I hope that our listeners today have really got that they have to do some work and do some discovery around their own subconscious bias. And this is a great place to start is to know what shape you are so that you actually can see where would this most likely show up. And if you want to learn more about this, figure out your shape, really learn what it means when you're in a balanced and unbalanced state, and you want to get the help to change it and learn how to be in a balanced state all the time, you've got to go to our website, 12shapes.com. You've got to take the survey so you know what shape you are, and then you've got to join our inner circle so that you get coaching with Nicole and I every single week for as low as $29 a month. It's crazy. Which is crazy. It's wonderful because that's exactly what Relationship Radio and 12 Shapes is built on, is that we want you having the most healthy functional relationships possible. And we've seen a lot of these questions come in every week on these calls that we're doing with the inner circle community to say, I've got a child that I just can't get 
get a relationship going with because he or she is so opinionated. And when we explain that they are a cross or they are a square or they're a rectangle and you're something else, you can see why. And we teach you the dialogue and how to reframe and actually make these relationships work. So basically you get weekly coaching from Nicole and I, which our our one-on-one clients pay a lot of money to get. And you get it for $29 a month. So Guys, if you love Relationship Radio and the 12 Shapes, come and join us and and let us really start helping you make this work in your life. Well, this has been a fun show. I think it'll be one that uh, that goes, you know, has a lot of people questioning and thinking and looking at their behaviors. So we'd love to hear from you if we can help you in any way. Uh, Info at 12 Shapes. You can also text us 801-666-2932. We have to go. We don't have enough time in today's show, like always. But we'll be back here on Relationship Radio next week. Join us again for more relationship skills and advice so you can know better and do better. Thank you for being a part of Relationship Radio. We hope you've not only received some great ideas to improve the relationships in your life, but will join Master Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles again next Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we meet again, have a wonderful week.